A new month, but yet it's still the same old thing. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principles and Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck Michaels. Hey, Barry. It's great to be back with you. Beautiful day today. It is uh, Monday, the 2nd of August, which is an unusual day for us to record. Yeah, well, you, uh, you and I both said, as we were discussing this in our schedules, that Sure enough, we will record today, and probably sometime by about Wednesday or Thursday. That's something. right. I forget how you put I it. Said, I said, well, usually what happens when we record early is the meteor hits. The meteor hits, that's right. And so so. <laughs> if a meteor hits between now and Saturday when this plays, you heard it here first. Yep, yep that's that's right. You, <laughs> you heard did, it without you, hearing you did. it. You, we, we, uh, I forget, what was that one that they were talking about that they thought was going to hit the earth? Oh, gosh. Everybody who, was all... Who all knows? Everybody, everybody... I've seen so many, you know, the, the paranoiacs are always like, well, you know, this asteroid's going to hit us. Well, okay. Uh, there used to be an ad on TV. I love this ad. It was funny. Uh, the guy's looking through a telescope, and he sees this fiery ball in the sky he's coming towards him coming towards him. He's, he's like ah, he runs off and then it, the thing falls down at his feet and it's like the size of a marble <laughs> <laughs> well you know honestly i like that i like that visual or auditory since we're on radio i like that because that's really kind of what we're dealing with right now i think that the name of that meteor should be called delta variant delta variant the delta variant <laughs> mirror meteorite yeah that's right be- because when everybody starts looking through the telescope lens of uh, say oh i don't know the cdc anthony fauci the biden administration or even the ohio department of health they see this massive thing about to crash into us and destroy us all that's right but yet when they go running away and they want everybody to mask up and get a jabby jab then all of a sudden we find out that bink 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 the big fiery beast is actually like a little td pebble that's that, right that, that is not so much and and folks I'm not trying to make light or short of this of anybody who's had uh, the, the SARS COVID virus. You've had family members, loved ones, friends, relations, etc., who have uh, had it or have passed away with that being a contributing factor. Now, you notice I'm saying that that way, Chuck, because we're finding that there are very, very few insta- instances where SARS COVID 19 virus has actually been the only thing that occurred to an individual to cause their death. There are a few, but it's, there are a few, me- but it's measured in the hundreds. It's right, not it's, really. Yes, it's, uh, it's not huge. Usually, this is happening for people who have uh, numerous comorbidities, including uh, highly advanced age, highly advanced obesity, highly advanced heart diseases and lung diseases, uh, and other circulatory problems. That seems to be where the, the crux of these things are going. Now, the thing is with this Delta variant, Chuck, I had to laugh the other day because, you know, the the Ohio Department of Health and, and our benighted governor, Mike DeWine, basically put out this thing that there were four counties who were in serious condition. We're in the red because of the cases per 100,000 that we have of COVID right now in the last 14 days. Okay. Guess what? What four counties would you think would be in that list? Cuyahoga, mm, Frank, no. Franklin, mm, no, Montgomery, no. Oh, it's going to be some rural county. That, Bingo! Yeah. My rural county, Gallia, Gallia was number yeah. two on the list. The problem is, Chuck, 
the population of Gallia County is under 40,000. Yeah. So I'm not sure how you could, you're extrapolating to sure. get to cases per 100,000. Okay. And then you have to question, did you round up or round down in order to meet the threshold that you wanted to meet? Black lies, white lies, and statistics. It's a, right. uh, let, let me give you, for instance, I can still remember having this discussion during the AIDS pandemic, which, mm-hmm. by the way, Fauci made his bones in the AIDS pandemic quote-unquote, which wasn't a pandemic at all. Fauci came out and wrote an article that got published that said that AIDS was not a sexually transmitted disease, but you got it from familial contact. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing something about that. That's where he made his bones and got hired by the CDC because he was singing the company line. Now, in the 80s, this was uh, during the Reagan administration, and what the quote-unquote scientists at the time were trying to do was embarrass Reagan. Yeah, they were. Now, they had really, I think they'd found AIDS and it was like starting to become a burgeoning issue. Like I can tell you when it seven, when, like 79, something when it like really that, took off, when it really took off, I was in the hospital recovering from an automobile accident and that was in the spring of 81. That's okay. when it, when it started making big splash, headlines. big splash headlines. It yeah. was on time magazine. And, but and they all first started like looking at it, talking about it, make beating the drums they were, back in the late seventies. They were noticing so. it in, in the, in the late seventies. I was having a discussion with someone <laughs> about AIDS, statistics uh-huh. and this was in the 90s so 92 about 92 93 sure and the statistic came out that the fastest growing number of people getting the aids virus was women your aunts and your grandmothers who were around people during those family meals yeah. right now Is that what why, that's supposed why to be? would you report it that way why would you report aids as the fastest growing number was women well it depends if you went from zero cases to five in women and you went from 100 cases to 140 in men, it's growing at a faster rate in women. I, I, okay, you've gone to my, the math, but yeah. I, the reason, there are political reasons. Political why, reasons, yeah. Well, because we've got to stop this pandemic among women and, and, and what are we doing? Why are women getting well, it at be, a higher be, rate? Because AIDS was a disease that originated in the gay male community. That's right. That was being passed between homosexual men during intercourse. And men who went both directions came home and gave it to their wives. Or, or who also were intervenous drug users who were sharing needles. And, and that's another part of it. But I said, okay, let, let me give you a lesson on statistics. Now, I'm no expert on p- statistics, but I do have a statistical sense. At least you can say that word three times without stumbling right. over it. I can't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> believe me, I was about to lose it. So <laughs> I said, okay, think about it this way. If you've, uh, and the increases were in the hundreds of percent. And I said, okay, think about it this way. If you've got one case during one reporting period, All right. and you've got 10 cases in the next reporting it's period. A ten time, it's 10 times the increase. It's yeah. a, it is a 900% increase in the number of cases. Now, really, statistically speaking, how many is it? It's nine cases. It's nine cases, yeah. It's, it's, it is out of an entire population. Out of an entire population, it's meaningless, right? Because those con- that this is what happens: you have a small population who is doing this, but you're getting wild variations inside a tiny sampling of a population. Mm-hmm. This is one of the ways people lie to you about what's going on. You take a very small sampling of a very large population. And you say, look at these variations inside this group. 
What we got to find out what's going on inside this group. Well, what's going on inside this group is that there there's a sampling anomaly, most likely. Right. I would assume as much. It's one of those things where, again, white lies, black lies, and statistics. Exactly. So you have to watch out when people say there's a gigantic increase out of how many. You have to be careful about these statistics. You're right. Because what you have is you have to know the baseline numbers. They can throw any any kind of comparative numbers out there and percentages and multiplicators all they want to. But in, if you don't know what the baseline is, you don't know what the sample size is, it's like polling. That's the whole thing. That's the These lie of These medical polling. statistics are the lie of polling. They are taking snapshot samples and they're extrapolating the data as far as they can twist and yank it beyond beyond beyond, beyond its tolerances okay so there are there are a there's a set of tolerances for where you can say that the data is valid that's what polling is that's that, called, when you talk about that plus or minus so many percentage points that's called extrapolation and yeah and you can only yep. extrapolate we call it margin of error when right. you talk about polling that's right because that means that you feel confident about your statistical sample to within three if, like i said We've talked about this before on other programs when talking right. about polling. That if you ever get a poll that comes out and says that the uh, margin of error or the confidence ratio is the confidence ratio is under ninety seven percent and the margin of error is above three point two percent, throw it out because it's, junk. it's, it's a junk poll. Yeah, uh, and I've seen these polls come back. Our margin of error is only four point six percent. Stop, stop right there. That means you cannot extrapolate good data from it. You can try, but it's you're you're shooting in the dark. It's like it's like being in a darkened room with a blindfold on, and you're throwing a dart at a dartboard. Except you don't know which wall the dartboard's that, on, and nobody has told you. That's right. I can tell you from working in a laboratory because I am a I, I was an analytical yeah, chemist, you're analytical chemist, and you could run a sample on a on a particular device. Yep, and. It was only valid between this much and that much. You ran right. you ran samples and you ran a sample curve and you and you calibrated the machine based on the sample curve. And those were your tolerances. And those yeah. were your tolerances. You could now could you go above and below those numbers? And the answer is you're high, you're low and you're high. You could you by could. by about maybe ten percent. Right. But what people don't realize is people try to extrapolate way outside those bounds and it's like well now wait a minute you know what the curve does i'm doing some techno speak here but you know what the curve does within those two boundaries right within your high and your low you You have no idea what the curve does outside your boundaries okay so basically how we say that is within the within the tolerances it's predictable exactly but outside the tolerances it's unpredictable because there's too many x factors that are playing in that's the problem here. Oh, remember, Mike and company set this whole goal of we had to get down to less than 50 cases right. per 100,000 in order for him to lift all the, 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 the garbage mandates that he threw out there, which actually did nothing to reduce the spread, did nothing to reduce the severity, did nothing to reduce the numbers that were coming in. And they actually uh, never reached that number. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, any kind of a mask other than a medically designed mask, and I won't even say yeah. those are any good, but anything less than a fully medical you know, compliant, the ones that a surgeon would wear into surgery, it's a placebo. It's a, yeah. It's just a placebo for you or me. If I'm like asking you to wear a mask, it's just a placebo for me to feel better about myself. 
it does nothing right. to reduce, stop, or retard the spread or the transmission of a disease, especially one that is a microbial virus like SARS-CoV-19 or its supposed Delta variant. Okay. Which we're finding out, Chuck. Right. That it's amazing how they're able to pinpoint this Delta variant. Okay, and how they know full well that when somebody shows up, whether it's at a testing station, a hospital, or their place of employment requires them to go through a test, and they test positive, that all of a sudden they've got the Delta variant. Because PCR tests, which is what we're using, and have been using throughout this entire nonsense starting way back in March of 2020, a PCR test cannot distinguish between types of coronaviruses. At least certain ones. It, it, it has a very, very limited range but between uh, rhinoviruses and coronaviruses and like the SARS-CoV-19, the common cold, and the flu. Guess what? A PCR test, if you've got any one of those last three, SARS, common cold, or flu, it's going to come back as a positive test. But which one do you have? Well, it depends on how they run it. Again, this is the extrapolation beyond the bounds, uh, be, beyond the bounds of your data yeah. set. If they're running forty plus, which was the CDC recommendation at one time, now they've they've said no, you can't do that. Right. You cannot tell the difference between the flu and COVID, because the flu will, under those circumstances, it's hard to explain. But basically, when I say a forty cycle. 40 cycles of what they call amplification, which in which case you take a sample of DNA from the body or RNA, a very small sample, and you run mm-hmm. it through an amplification cycle. And each one of those cycles is essentially an exponential mm-hmm. increase. Now, you, right. you can take very, very, very tiny pieces of DNA. This is how they do this with old, cold cases. Mm-hmm. They'll run... A tiny piece of DNA they found on a dead body that's foreign. And now they don't have enough to do a reading. So what do they do? They run it through a PCR reaction, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed to run it in those cases over a certain number. And I think the number's 30. Okay. 30 reps. Why? Because you start getting false reactions and false, false positives. positives. Right. Why they decided 40 was enough for for this, the only reason is political, and that is we want to find as much SARS-CoV-2 as we can find, Mm -hmm. and therefore run them at 40, between 35 and 40. Well, you are amplifying every junk piece of DNA slash RNA in your body at that point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And And so we've come to find out that they can't really say you've got a Delta variant just because but so what they're using chuck now is a new a new phrase that we have these are not delta variant cases they're breakthrough cases and we should all be concerned and pay attention when they use that term because what a breakthrough case means is that it's a case of covid at least how they've tested it whether it's whether PCR, it's real or not we whether it's know. real or not it's a case of covid that is showing up in someone who has had the vaccine series. Yeah, that's right. The people who took the shot, who thought that the shot was going to keep them from getting COVID, are actually the ones who are having the new breakthrough cases in large quantity. There's an article just today in Fox News that talks about how San Francisco hospitals, this is the headline, San Francisco hospitals report hundreds of COVID-19 infections among vaccinated staff. So 
these hospitals are forcing all of their employees and personnel to get the shot. Well, now all of a sudden, they're faced with a massive outbreak of COVID again. But they're looking, they're finding out that at least 80% or more of those cases are coming from people who had been vaccinated. Right. So therefore, what's happening, and let's not kid ourselves, folks, as you've, we've said on this program numerous times, this is not a vaccine. It is a gene therapy. It's, gene therapy. it's using a spike protein from the COVID virus. And it's injecting it right into your body, into your cellular structure, and in order to force your cellular structure to supposedly make antibodies against it. But because of the way the spike proteins work, a lot of times what your body's making is more COVID-19. And this would be a variant, Chuck, because when it gets inside your DNA, your cellular structure, and it starts recreating itself, it's recreating itself with pieces of your particular structure, which means that it's going to be slightly different than the original structure it came from. That always happens with a virus. It always, yes. always, always. In fact, the whole the whole theory behind how you create a real vaccine, and that is, it contains either live virus or an attenuated vi- an attenuated live mm-hmm. virus or dead virus. The whole idea behind that is that you take that virus. And it was done, you run it through another organism. In other words, one of the organisms they use all, all the time is chicken eggs. Yep. Fertilized chicken eggs. And what do you do? You run it through that chicken egg. The chicken gets the virus, expels a changed virus that has most of the same characteristics, and then they harvest it, clone it, and injected into you as a live virus that no longer has the same characteristics. What kind of characteristics? If you were a chicken, you'd you'd be sick. Now, in a lot of cases, it, they don't work. There there are major problems with them because they've got foreign proteins in them. What does that mean? You get things like Guillain-Barre syndrome. What are we seeing with this virus with just the spike protein uh, mRNA in it? We're see. seeing Guillain-Barre syndrome. Guillain-Barre syndrome, myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, heart attacks, yep. lung issues. Uh, can, I, can I keep going? Heart I mean, arrhythmias, uh, uh, reproductive anomalies, uh, women. Well, well, there's one virus that causes an 82% first trimester spontaneous abortion, 82% mm-hmm. at an 82% rate. Right. Uh, they lied and said that wasn't true, except now they've got the stats to say, yeah, it yeah, is Yeah, I guess true. it was true. Yeah, well, you know, that's fine because that's the, we'll just, we'll just hide, hide the truth behind more statistics, Chuck. Uh, okay, so here's the big deal. Now that you're starting to see these new breakthrough cases in people who are supposedly vaccinated, what's the new talking point? Oh, well, we, didn't, we shouldn't have let down on all the other protocols because vaccinated people are getting COVID because everybody else isn't wearing a mask. That's what they're getting down to. Huh? Yes. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't see it. There is no way that using traditional forms of logic and not this spaghetti banana brain logic that they seem to be using, can you get from, okay, here's a group of people who got a, a vaccine against something. They're breaking out with the virus, and it's because the people who didn't get the vaccine and who don't have the virus somehow haven't blocked the other people from getting the virus they didn't give to them in the first place. It's it's an absurd look. 
It's absurdist. It's totally absurdist. The the fact is that this thing about masking, which, again, I I will say, and I've heard the Ohio uh, medical directors laugh about it and say uh, because of the phrase trying to block uh, mosquitoes with a chain link fence. Yep. Well, guess what? That's exactly what it's like. That that is a reasonable analogy. What was it uh, when he was done laughing? He explained. He says, "Well, it's about blocking droplets." Mm, okay. Well, guess what? The mask does block the droplets. But you know what it does? When you breathe out or expel or uh, things like that, what that mask actually does is mm-hmm. acts as a filter to break up the droplets into tinier particles. Guess what? That's where the virus resides. Yep. So does it stop a virus? In the short term, yes. In the long term, no. no. And what then what does it do? Well, you you are concentrating things like pneumococcus, things like staphylococcus. Yep. Things like that you normally expel. That we're seeing more of We're seeing more, more hospitalizations. Cases being reported, yes. yes, right. We're seeing more hospitalizations due to long term effects of wearing masks all day i saw someone making fun of people like you mean those doctors who wear masks all day and i go they change those masks especially in a surgical setting they change those masks about every 15 minutes for that reason now i was going to you brought up the mask the medical masking do you know why a physician and the nurses and the and the anesthesiologists and all that wear a mask in a surgical theater to keep them from getting anything into an open wound bingo it's right to stop fluid exchange yes not only from them to the patient but from the patient to them it's self-protective it's not necessarily protective of the sterilization of the room right it's to catch body body fluid exchange Mm mm-hmm that's the only reason, and that's why they change their masks regularly. And anyone who wears a cat, one of the problems they had at the beginning of the pandemic was everybody was screaming about N95s. And if right. you'll recall, people were buying up all the N95s. Yep. Uh, an N95 is an interesting piece of work because um, it has a big intake filter. Yep. And in fact, you have to work to breathe in those things. Sure. But what it does have is a little trap door. For what? To exhale. It has a little trap door that closes when you breathe in, mm-hmm. and it opens when you breathe out. That so what sense. did it do about expelling viruses? Nothing. Nothing. But what did we have? We had an epidemic of people putting those things on, leaving them on, driving their cars, getting dizzy, getting headaches, passing out at the wheel. Why? Yep. Because it's hard to breathe in those. Medical personnel needed several of those a day, and they had to come up with a way to sterilize them because they couldn't get them. Why? Because Joe Public was out there buying them up, and Mm -hmm. they didn't really need that kind of protection. That's true. And the medical personnel really didn't need that kind of protection. Did some of them get it? Yeah, they got it. Just like everybody else. Well, I, I find it very interesting, Chuck, because, you know, as we're coming through the summer, we're now into August, we're into September, of course, they're starting to beat the drum again, all rising in cases and rising again. It's all about cases again. Cases again, yes. Cases, because, you know what, of all those cases, like I told you, those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases at San Francisco area hospitals, two hospitalizations. Yeah. 
too. Now, one of the things they're trying to say is, well, look, you see, taking the taking the jab reduced the uh, severity, and they didn't have to be hospitalized. It's like, well, that's okay. That is not a causal and a cause and effect type of study. You're just spitballing that because you don't know if it actually reduced the severity of the symptoms or not because it's not a controlled study. And the fact that you have 80% of those who actually took the shot who are coming down with a case of COVID kind of tells me that it's actually not working the way it was sold to be working. Now, I'm saying that specifically. Yes. It was sold sold to be the answer we had yeah. the magic jab remember i remember if we if everybody just rolls up their sleeves and and takes one for the team then it all go away because this is what'll say this is what'll save us mike dewine pitched that bovine excrement the cdc pitched that bovine excrement anthony fauci keeps pitching but i'm not sure what he's throwing because i think he's throwing yeah. and then catching and then throwing and then catching so he doesn't even know what he's talking about anymore they sold it as that, but really what it's turned out to be is that they don't know if it's doing anything or not. They don't know if it's yeah. preventing people from getting COVID. They don't know if it's reducing the severity of infections. They do not know because they will not do the full clinical trials that it takes in order to be able to say that a, pro a pharmaceutical product in this case, what they're calling a vaccine, is safe and effective. They started calling it safe yeah. and effective before the first shot ever went out. They had no idea. They, had no they idea. still don't have any idea. There are no longitudinal studies on this. There, and there are no control groups that they are actually trying to monitor. As far as anybody knows, this has just been the, we got to get the percentages up, 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 up of people getting the jabby jab. And that is not how you do science. There won't be That's any, how you do fear-mongering. There won't be any real data for at least two years. And then the real data will be coming out showing just exactly, uh, you know, what's the old saying is, uh, I do you have any new conspiracy theories? All the ones I had seem to have come true. Yes. <laughs> that's the, I've, I've heard that a couple of times and I had to laugh because, you know, there's some truth that, to it. Well, that's what we've said on this show, man. It's only a conspiracy theory until, until enough evidence arises to show that it's a conspiracy. <laughs> that there actually it, is a conspiracy. Then it starts right. being a theory and starts being a conspiracy. I think we're getting to that. I think we're getting to that we're tipping getting, point we're getting here pretty there. soon. But, okay, this was expected. Yes, I'll it be was. Quite, what, if you listen to our shows... Back in the spring, I said, here's what's going to happen. In the summer, all the cases are going to go away. There will be few. But I said, all the COVID will disappear. Mm -hmm. and, and, and here's what they'll do. They'll attribute it to the vaccine. Yep. Or the quote-unquote vaccine, the genetic therapy. Yep. And then in the fall when it kicks back up, but it'll be different. That's what's happening. We're not in the fall yet. Are we seeing some variations due to this quote-unquote Delta variant? And there's another variant out there running around. And I said, okay. Well, they have to have Let, they have to talk about all these variants, Chuck, because what's the next thing they're talking about? Booster Booster shots. shots. Got to get your booster or it won't be effective. Now, think about it this way. The normal evolutionary, and I hate using that word, but this is in this in, case, in this, instance, in this case, yeah, this, this is actually it. evolution. What, what's happening yeah. is the in the evolution of a of a uh, of a virus, and remember, viruses are not alive, so you can't say that their life cycle is changing. Their right. life cycle doesn't change. Their make DNA makeup does change. Right. Okay. So what happens during the course of the run of a virus? 
a virus becomes because of the evolutionary pressure that comes in from how fast it's killing its host or not killing its host. A virus goes from not particularly transmissible. Mm -hmm. And remember, only 3% of the world's population even had COVID. Right. That's that, uh, that's that's another thing to keep reminding. That's right. And it becomes less virulent as it goes along. Virulent means deadly. Right. Exactly. Or causing a serious or deadly illness. So as a as a, a virus proceeds through its evolutionary cycle, it becomes more transmissible because that's good for the virus, mm -hmm. and less deadly because that's also good for the virus because you can't reproduce if you kill the host. And that's the truth. Which is what's happening to Ebola, by the way. Right. Ebola is becoming less and less virulent. Um, it's already highly transmissible. It's becoming less and less virulent and more and more treatable. Okay. That being said, we've applied a strange form of evolutionary pressure to this with this gene therapy because what are you getting immunity to in this virus? You're getting immunity to the spike protein. Right, the spike protein. You are not getting immunity to the virus itself. No. The people, the only people who have true immunity to the virus itself are those who either were exposed but didn't get it, their body fought it off, mm -hmm. or people who had it and survived. They have full immunity. Right. They have nothing to worry about at all. Okay. So if you don't know, you know what? Go give blood. They'll check your blood to see if you have the antibody mm -hmm. at the American Red Cross. Yep. They'll tell you, oh, you have the antibody. Mm -hmm. Did you have COVID? Yep. And, and a number of people are saying, well, no, not that I know of. Right, well, because they Well, they you, got, <laughs> you got exposed. You got exposed enough to develop an antibody to it. But that being said, as this thing goes on, it's going to get weaker and weaker and weaker mm -hmm. as the Delta variant. In fact, I saw a statistic the other day that Ohio had 1,454 new cases. How many hospitalizations? Zero. Right. Exactly. Zero. But yet we're supposed to all go back into panic mode because of that. That's right. I'm now, sorry. I, I I can't go into panic mode anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Well, uh, you uh, know, and and any and the businesses who decide that they want to maintain the front for the anti-science crowd here yeah i don't need to participate in so i've heard kroger walmart others are going back to these you got to wear a mask whether you no i i gotta go spend my money somewhere else yeah where you people, want where people believe in liberty and science you want my business no more masking no more of this garbage no, no. More, no more testing no more having to produce some kind of a card that says i'm in the club no yeah, unless of course you're at Sam's Club and you have to produce that card, but you know that's that's right. different. Yeah, so you know you have to take a look at all of this, but of course, Chuck, we, you know they're bringing this stuff up because, well, honestly, they're trying to distract people from a lot of other things right now. And if you can get everybody like worked up into a panic again, you're not going to notice that oh, the cost of automobiles is going up about fifty, especially used automobiles is up fifty percent. That the cost of meat in the in the grocery stores are starting to rise. That basically the cost of living is starting to become a exponentially growing curve. Why? Well, because we've got the Biden residency going on, and many of their domestic programs are helping to fuel this this insanity. And Chuck, 
even though it's summertime and we would hope that most people would be, you know, enjoying the summer barbecues, outdoor activities, mowing your lawn, painting your house, whatever you want to do, or going to the local county fairs, which I know you said you're going to one next week. I've got mine started this week. We would hope that a lot of these people would be going home and going to fairs and doing fun things. Not so much with our U.S. Senate. Because, as you know, the House passed their version of an infrastructure bill, which is all the domestic spending on various things. And, of course, they passed a big pork barrel piece that the Senate said no to, which is great. Yeah, that's good. The problem is, is that now Rob Portman, who's Ohio's outgoing senator, can't be going fast enough, yes. um, outgoing senator, and Kirsten Sinema, the uh, fe- le- the female senator from Arizona, who actually has is more known right now as being a uh, uh, a naysayer to the Democrat Party, along with her coll- colleague Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia. But Sinema and Portman, and this was all guided by Portman, rolled out their version, the Senate's version of this infrastructure bill. Chuck, they dropped this thing over the weekend. Well, of course they did. Well, they didn't want to, because what happened was somebody inside the Senate sent a sent a file of the bill out to a news source, who then published the bill in its entirety, all 2,702 pages of it. So this infrastructure bill, the Republican and Democrat, it's a bipartisan bill, they had to introduce it Sunday night because the newspaper was going to press Monday morning with the text or the highlights of this bill. Now, again, 2,700 pages, Chuck. That's about the size of the Ohio budget. And when we do our budget, and I sit there and I have to read through all that when it comes out. Okay, they're planning on voting on this sometime this week, maybe tomorrow, as we're, which will be Tuesday for those who are hearing this on Saturday because we recorded on Monday, if you follow that. There's no way they're going to have time to completely process everything that's in this bill. But I think that's by design. Because we've got a number of things that are being thrown into this pork bill by Rob Portman. I'm just going to keep naming him. We got one thing where we're going to dump money to fund billions of dollars for border crossings. But no funds to continue constructing the border wall. Thank you, Rob Portman. Thanks, Rob. Oh, by the way, did I mention that among migrants who are crossing the border in the South, there are unprecedented numbers of positive COVID tests? Well, uh, among, among, other, back, among other diseases. Before you go back, uh, lefties are, are the, the COVID before anything crowd is basically saying, well, Texas cases now and deaths far exceed uh, New York's. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's New York what, doesn't have an open border right, the, where the people, people are, are pouring, pouring in that already have the virus. Right, exactly. That's what's going on. We're go- it's going to fund a study, Chuck. Feel you should, We should all feel warm and fuzzy about this one, especially all the time when we go to the gas pumps and we're starting to see gas prices creep up. I think I saw 312 a gallon today, and I know it's going to go higher. But they're going to create a study to study the job losses on President Biden's revocation of the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline, but will not restart the program. Well, of course. I got a study for you. The, the job losses 
are the immediate all the immediate jobs around the pipeline and a number of the jobs from people who can't afford three dollar plus a gallon gas to get back and forth to work welcome to the real world chuck and i that's just, right chuck and i just went out earlier before we recorded this program today to have lunch at a local eatery where it was a ghost town not of customers but of staff and one of the staffers said our problem is we can't keep people in here because they only pay us four dollars and a little bit of change an hour as wait staff and people are not tipping anymore because the prices are going up. That's right. It's it's a uh, people uh, for some reason, folks out there. Keep in mind, this thing has been a giant inflationary boondoggle. The price of gasoline is up over a dollar a gallon. So in some cases, a buck and a quarter a gallon over what it was January the twentieth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. It was at two dollars a gallon. Now it's at three, up to three and a quarter. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll for tell, regular. I'll tell you, at the low point, it was a dollar seventy-eight a gallon. Right now, at the high point, it has been up to three twenty-six a gallon. That's right. So, and that's been in the last. Well, what are we in? We're we just got through July. That's a fifty percent increase. That's eight months. In yeah. eight months, that's we've a, had that kind of swing. That's over a fifty percent increase, along with everything else that's going on with the cost. And and again, the reason why food prices are rising isn't because we don't have enough beef and pork going to market. It's right. because it's costing more to get those animals, not just to market, but from market to supermarket and to you. I had to have something. I tried to get something sent by truck. The cost is up about, uh, it's close to 100% over what it was a year ago. Right, which as a business, that's hard for you to soak up a 100% increase. I can't soak it up. I have to pass that cost along. Which then, means, which then means your customers say, oh, this is too expensive. I need to go try to that's find right. somewhere else. And then you run into that problem. Well, like we said, at the restaurant, they didn't have enough wait staff because... People could go and get a manual job working $15 an hour or $12, $13, $15 an hour behind the counter at a McDonald's where they're hiring, whereas they're paying, they're getting $4 an hour working the floor of a full-service restaurant, and the number of tips are going down because people are not tipping as much anymore because our economy is starting to go south. Take your wife out to dinner recently? Uh, yes, actually I did. Um you notice the pricing uh, when when the bill comes and what used to cost about $15 now costs about $22. Well, thankfully, I had a gift card, but it didn't oh, go no. as far as it went. So, there is yeah, that. There is that. Okay, so the other one of the other things that is in this lovely uh, massive infrastructure bipartisan bill written by Rob Portman, $30 billion in cryptocurrency taxes and regulations. Oh, of course. Yeah, well, of course. How are you how are you going to tax and regulate cryptocurrency? You don't know when the transactions take place. Oh, but if you have to have everybody have tracking, that's part of the regulation. Oh, guess you know? what? You're going you're going to find a lot of pirates. There yep. will be lots of filibusters out there of the rules, and all that will do is spawn the increase of different kinds. Look, people find a way to barter and avoid taxes. That's, true. That's, That's true. just the bottom line. That is true. They will. They'll find a way around it, and God bless them for doing it. Um, one of the other things that's in there, Chuck, and again, let me mention, folks, Rob Portman helped write this bill. 
is for the first time in federal law in the bill in the language of the bill is written in protections for gender identity now biden with the american recovery act didn't even put it in there but now with an infrastructure bill what they're going to try to do is through this vehicle that nobody's going to get a chance to really delve into and think about they're going to try to push in where in federal law we're going to say that gender identity i.e transgenderism i.e the thought that uh johnny wants to be janie and we should all applaud that and send them directly to a, a doctor who can cut out all of their uh, male um, reproductive parts and you know fake up female parts for them. At taxpayer expense. At ta- expa- taxpayer pen- expense is going to go into federal law unless this is stopped. And again, this is Rob Portman, Republican senator from Ohio, Mr. Moderate, who thankfully is on his way out the door at the end of next year. And that's you've got a number of people who are running against it uh, running for that seat he's decided he's going to step away but i think he wants to basically send send a last shot across the bow because portman has never been a conservative ever ever and, you know when they talk about bipartisan with portman and cinema i'm like okay you got two democrats who, who's your bipartisan person so but anyhow en- enough of that part so that's what the senate's doing right now so this week is going to be interesting and probably by the time we record next week good portions if not all of this deal are going to be in place uh which is which is pathetic considering that everybody lauded rob portman as oh he's a trade representative and blah 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 and he's great and he's you know fiscal concern no he's not he he's, he's not even a fiscal conservative. no he never was i mean fiscal conservative is somebody who basically thinks that the uh the debt limit is reasonable uh-huh that's true that's sad but it's true but while that's going on, we got another thing that's going on that I, well, from the looks of the crowds on TV, not very many people are paying attention to it. Well, we know that the crowds are not there because of all the regulations. The bans on basically the bans on everything. Live, yeah. And that's the, that's the Summer Olympics, Chuck, in Tokyo, Japan. The Summer Olympics are on right now. And you know what? We've got to be really proud because our... Women's soccer team, led by America hater Megan Rapinoe, lost to Canada. They're out of the medal contention. They're not even going to be on the platform. Uh, They they could still take a gold. Or, I mean, a a bronze. No, I think they said... Not yet. Okay, well, I I thought I saw something that said that they were technically out of medal contention. Nope. Um, They're out of gold contention. They're out of gold contention. Now, they're also... The best they can do is a bronze. Either today or tomorrow, they're playing a team. I think it's... I forget what country. It is Netherlands or something? That is populated by a number of transgenders. Men playing women's soccer. Oh, boy. Should be interesting, I think. Uh, I have to laugh a little bit because, you know, this is... This uh, Rapino, who's self-identified lesbian, and with some of her teammates, a radical, a radical uh, leftist. She's radical a radical variety. leftist. Yeah, is basically going to possibly reap the consequences of her own policies. Because hey, I, well, I, I guess if a transgender woman who is actually a guy with all of the guy's body internal body structure says he's a woman and then comes and plays you in soccer and beats you badly, what do you do as a out-leftist liberal Okay, who, How- want, who, who wants to be paid just like the men 
but we found out, and Chuck, now I found it, I saw an interesting YouTube and I'll send it over to you. Maybe we can link this up. And this was somebody who did an analysis of the pay differentials between men and women's soccer. Do you know that the men's soccer doesn't make more than the no. women's soccer? As a matter of fact, it's the other way they around because the men's program took the, took the risk of getting bonuses at the end for winning everything against contracts that guaranteed money, which is what the women have. Okay, this is why the women's federal lawsuit got the chuck. Because the judge looked at it and said, you make more than the men up front. You can't play it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. They made more than the men. So, you know, so another, another one of those things. So I, I see a number of the liberal shibboleths being okay. tipped over. We've, and, here, and here's the greatest one. One of the biggest things uh, that was buzz news coming into these Olympics was a person by the name of Laurel Hamilton. Yes. And if you don't know who Laurel Hamilton is, count yourself blessed. Laurel Hamilton is a man who identifies as a woman and who became New Zealand's entry into the women's powerlifting championships for the olympics chuck what happened to laurel hamilton over the weekend well he was uh shall we say uh he wasn't expelled he basically lost he basically he lost because he got out of contention he fell because he couldn't actually compete with the women he fell three times on three attempts at uh, I forget how many kilograms it was, uh, but essentially, a failed male athlete is also now a failed quote unquote female, female athlete. athlete. That's right. <laughs> uh, he, the guy couldn't even go and uh, perform against the women who showed him the door. Yep. Now we've you and I have talked about this thing before. You brought up something. What do you do when those liberal values collide? Right. And I said we've talked about the idea of intersectionality. You may have heard this term, intersectionality, and what it means is where two different liberal values come together and they work together as one to try to change everything based on that intersectionality. Now, I, I've made the comment to Barry before, 12-car pileup at the intersection of uh, feminism and uh, gender. And woke, and woke politics. Feminism, gender. gender, and race. I said, yeah, 12-car pileup at that intersection. What, ha- what you've got is an uncontrolled intersection. That is, you've got n- multiple roads meeting and no stop signs. See, now, here's the funny thing. The first time you sent me that thing and it said that there was a 12-car pileup at the intersection of gender and race. Yes. I'm thinking gender road in Columbus. I'm thinking, <laughs> where's race? Where's race road? Yeah. <laughs> but no, if you remember, what it was is is uh, it's there were some f- female, what, what we used to call uh, female impersonators. Uh-huh. <laughs> who are now yes. who are now transgender. Um because female impersonators usually did it as a joke. Well, I mean, you think of some of the classic female impersonator things. Uh, that's right. Uh, Tony Curtis in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. You know, yeah. you had I'm trying to think of who else and some of the oh, gosh. some uh, of the classic Milton Burl. Milton Burl did, yeah. did it every week. Milton Burl Don't yeah. you remember the thing with the yeah. the great big makeup? Flip cake? Wilson Poof. doing Geraldine. Flip Wilson doing Geraldine. Yeah, those kind of things. So, well so Medea. 
uh, Tyler Perry and and Medea. I've, I've you've never seen. I the, have not Medea. seen any of that stuff. No, I, I've I've caught snippets. I haven't watched the whole thing, but it's actually pretty funny. It's him dressed up as his grandmother or something. Oh, okay, and and uh, Medea does all these you know <laughs> these things. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. But, no, I can't say I've ever seen that one. So, uh, but yeah, it used to be done as a joke. Now, now there are people who are serious. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, Bruce Jenner, in under his guise of uh, Caitlin, who is running for, is California, running for governor, California governor, and is helping to push the recall effort against Gavin, Gavin Newsom, Newsom, which is fantastic. Uh, again, <laughs> that's that intersectionality thing. Yes, it's it uh, 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 you know. It, Six car pile up at the at the corner of politics and and gender, with a strange bed. That's a strange bedfellow situation. I'll be quite honest. Yeah. Um, um. Because Bruce Jenner is, for the most part, politically speaking and economically speaking, he's more of a conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not say he's. <laughs> he's personally Christian. Not, yeah. He's not personally a conservative, no. but. I would say he's more libertarian. He's fiscally he conservative. He is a libertarian. So, but he's socially conscious enough that he doesn't even like this idea, even though he's transgender, supposedly himself, cross-dressing, of guys doing that to get into women's sports. He's come out against oh, he's, it. Oh, he's absolutely. And there are a num- <laughs> Actually, I've heard a number of these guys who are transgender saying, no, no. We, that isn't what it's about. Yeah. That's not what it's about. But but that being said, this idea of intersectionality, it works until it doesn't work. That's right. And when everybody comes together at the same junction and nobody's got a stop sign and nobody knows how to how to control it, that's when they figure out that, it doesn't work. That's when it, you figure out it doesn't work. It works for a while and and it all looks fine and and you can put it on the facade that everything's working just fine, and it's not. And I take it back. It wasn't Netherlands. It's Canada. Who has the transgender female soccer player? The guy oh, who's Canada. The guy who's uh, identifying as well, female. Guess what? And will be playing yeah. against that's Megan Rapino and in, in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Now, here's the here's something you never hear about the Olympics ever. There are people actively hoping and praying that the United States loses in some of these sports. I mean, seriously, people are like, A, they either just don't care and don't care to watch it. And, and really, I, I've, I've wondered about these businesses who've laid out big money for Rap, Megan Rapinoe to come in and, and be oh, their that, spokesperson. Well, let, let, Subway let's, let, let's call and, a shot a shot. It's Subway. Who's, it's not who, just Subway, who, who's, Whose history is pretty interesting. Their first big pitchman turned out to be a pedophile. And was, and was, that's right. And, Jared, went, to, and uh, went to prison for for sexual imposition on minors. Now they've got an out and out leftist, lesbian, purple haired radical. I, I frankly, Subway's not appealing to me anymore. It's just not not just Subway because I've seen Megan Rapinoe, some kind of women cosmetics or something, and I'm like, really? I mean, it really? might impress. I'm, I'm like, okay, really? It, it might impress some. It, there are very few people who who like Megan Rapinoe. One of the most, you know, there there are women who I'm sure are lesbian who who are quiet about it and just go about their thing and and don't make a big deal out of it. Don't make it part of their identity. They just keep quiet about it. Yeah. Nobody knows. They're likable people. Gosh, even I like. Even though a lot of people don't, I still like. <laughs> I think she has a an interesting persona. And that is Ellen DeGeneres. I've always thought she was funny. I've never really seen it. Um, I mean, 
I've tried, and I I don't see much humor with her. But so. nonetheless, uh, she toned she came out very strong and toned it back because people were like, "No, thank you, go home. Don't want to see it anymore." Mm-hmm. Megan Rapinoe doesn't know when to when to shut up, and nobody likes her. Oh, I, I now that I've said that, I'm sure some somebody will come out and say, "Oh, I think she's wonderful." Well, good for you. Glad to do. Hey, you know what? Takes all kinds. It does. It takes all kinds, including the Megan Rapinos of, of the world. Uh, you know, let that's fine. You know, she can go out there. They can lose in the Olympics. They can lose again, lose again. Matter of fact, there aren't too many places the U.S. is actually winning in Olympics because the U.S. men's basketball team got knocked out in the first round. And, guess, got, and guess what? There's another team that people are actively rooting against in the United States of America. Why? Because they actively have woke politics, have woke politics and are you know kneeling at the flag and you know turning their back on the when they play the anthems and that kind yep. of thing. Okay, fine, do that. Nobody's going. Nobody in America. I mean, except for a very tiny minority, is going to support you now, in that. Ah, Canada did beat the U.S. It just came up. No gold medal chance for U.S. women at the Tokyo Olympics. They went down to Canada today. <laughs> so, the Canadian transgender beat the U.S. women's soccer team. Okay. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, th- this whole woke politics thing has turned people off. Um, they can say that it was COVID and everything else that was causing like people to stay away from pro basketball and for the TV revenues to be the worst they have been in 40 years. Well, baseball's not doing well either. Baseball's not doing well either. Um, Um, Football last year was abysmal. And it will be abysmal again this year. It will be abysmal or worse. But then, you know, you've got people like, who is the the runner who refused? Oh, yeah, uh, Gwen Berry, the runner, the U.S. runner who basically, when they were playing the anthem, turned her back and stepped down off the podium because... She is so woke that she knows that the U.S. is just a racist country, and so therefore, she she's she can't uh, she's going to protest. Um, and she's also said if she wins in the Olympics, uh, she's a hammer thrower, that she will protest against the United States on the medal stand if she wins this week. You know what, Chuck? I'm that's the only way that people are going to remember who she is. Well, it's like the two guys in 68 in Mexico City. Yes. Who uh, 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 did the clench fist thing yep. uh, during the during the medal ceremony because I think they were gold and, bron- uh, gold and uh, silver. Yep. But here's the deal. If she, the only way that anybody's going to pay any attention to her in any way, shape, or form is if she goes out there and makes a spectacle of herself. Because hammer throwing is not a highly focused on and watched Olympic sport. Women's hammer throwing doesn't really excite too many people whatsoever. And so, frankly, just between you and me paying on the walls and the microphones here, I could care less if she wins or not or makes it onto the medal stand for hammer throwing. And if she wants to protest, by all means, go ahead and protest. You will just be sending yourself into obscurity that much quicker. Yeah. That will be it. You'll just be sending yourself into obscurity that much faster, trying to get attention upon yourself, because that's what it's about. Because if she just came and represented the country, 
did what she could do her best with a hammer throw wins gets on the podium to win a medal she that is the epitome of what an athlete tries to do but that's not good enough for her she has to make a political statement and that's the problem again this is that intersectionality uh race the intersection of race and politics yep um it's uh now you know if you want to use your platform to teach people about oppression and and certain abuses that's one thing yeah but saying that your country is so deeply racist that uh, uh you want to tear the whole thing down so that nothing exists and rebuild it from scratch into what you want it to be is just swinging the pendulum completely the opposite, the opposite direction. direction yeah okay here real quick chuck when somebody wins a medal and they put go up to the medal stand for the presentation of the medals what do they usually do what does the olympic committee usually do they play the gold um medal winners, anthem the, and then put this, the and put the gold yeah. medal on and yep. they play silver and then they play bronze right and, they put and, their medal and whoever whatever countries those are they play their national anthems. and you pay respect to the other countries uh, uh yeah, absolutely um, anthems and flags now barry's already protested one time and got her little 15 minutes of fame right so she said that when she protested during the Olympic trials, she insists that she was set up when the national anthem played as she stepped up to the medal stand. That somehow that the playing of the national anthem when she stepped on the medal stand to receive her medal was an attack upon her personally. It's nonsense. She knows how this works. And that again, that is taking advantage of the lack of knowledge of the lay public to try to make a point. It's like white lies, black lies, and statistics. And by black, I'm I'm replacing black with, as in oh, uh, whether well, there's lies, darn lies, darned and, lies, and yeah, statistics, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's darned except another word, yeah, that's right, uh, is the actual quote. And I think it's Mark Twain. Yes, lies, blank lies, and statistics, blank lies and statistics. That's yeah. right. Uh, um, but the point is, is that Chuck, here we are. It's a new month, and it's the same old, same old. Yeah, exactly. The same, the same tired, woke, lib talking points the same spineless jellyfish in the u.s senate rob portman the same nonsense non-scientific push to frighten everybody to death so you can control them a little bit more and drive us deeper and deeper into economic malaise folks it's time the only way we're gonna break out of this is if we break out of it if we That's stop right. saying yes now, for some people, because companies are mandating things, maybe you need to find another way of earning a living. Be an entrepreneur. There's an office, You can earn a lot of money just selling stuff online. I can tell you the company, the company I work for is never going to mandate uh, Neither mass, is my company. Va- Neither vaccines. is my company. That's right. As a matter of fact, I may put up a sign at my company's door that if you have been vaccinated, we would re- respectfully request that you decline to enter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if the breakthrough new strains of COVID are coming from those who've been vaccinated. They are a threat to the unvaccinated. Yeah. And, and, and and if anybody's going to get isolated, it probably will end up having to be those who've taken the jab. More than likely. Uh, We'll have to back that up with some, with some research. The problem is there's no truth coming out right now. Uh, The truth is immediately uh, labeled misinformation and it's censored. Which should tell you something. If yep. if you have to censor it to make it go away, it's probably 
what's being said that's being censored is probably has an el- at least an element of truth in it. Right, and is very possibly quite condemning of your uh, talking points that you're trying to push out. That's right. Well, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And please join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.